Hello, baseball fans. This is Joey Warner. You're with the Batters Box on WNSP Now. We're broadcasting live from the WNSP studio on Dolphin Street in Mobile, Alabama. Actually, we're not live. This is a pre-record on Monday night, and you're going to hear it Tuesday, so, so tune in to Mobile Baseball Connection. You can see a link to this, this show on my Facebook page, Mobile Baseball Connection, and you will see the Batters Box on WNSP Now. This is our 22nd show. We've done four live shows, and we have Nick Wiggins, my producer, is behind the glass. He does a great job allowing us to come down here and have fun. Got two really good hosts, co-hosts with me tonight, uh, guest, co-host. We're just going to have fun talking baseball, boxing. We're going to talk great athletes from Mobile. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. I have Jack Tillman. Jack Tillman was a, a former Baseball pitcher was Sims High School, did outstanding things for them back in the mid-60s, and, and he's been involved in, in Babe Ruth baseball for many, many years, uh, president of league of the baseball leagues out in Sims, and just done wonderful things for our city. He was a, a, a sheriff for three terms from 1994 to, to 2006, and uh, just involved in youth football, uh, youth baseball, and, and we will only touch a little bit about what he's done for boxing in Mobile, Alabama. I mean, boxing is, is nearly non-existence in the whole world. But at one point, it was big in Mobile, very, very big. And, and it started back in the – well, it started with his, with his daddy years ago and, and so many other great ones he may mention later. But from 1967 to 1974, Jack Tillman got up to number three in the world when they only had just a couple of – of uh, two or three International Boxing Federation, World Boxing Council, World Boxing Association, uh, uh, boating groups or whatever. But, but anyway, he brought along his grandson, Jackson Tillman. And we have Jackson Tillman in the studio today. And Jackson is just now, next year, this coming up year, going into Mary Montgomery as a freshman. He's a catcher. And they have a – Barry Hightower has a really – Good catching core out there, but we're talking to a, we're going to be talking to a, a 14 year old who's standing about six foot, probably 175 pounds, and probably going to put on 30 or 40 pounds and three or four inches. So, very high tower out there, coach. You got, you got a good one coming up, Jack. You got a good grandson coming up. How you doing, Jack? Tell me about it. Oh, I'm, I'm great. If I can get up every morning, I run at three miles and, I work out with weights a couple of days a week and don't eat much and just enjoy my family. And you look great, man. I finally got got my intro in there and gave, gave you a little time to talk. I mean, you're going to have some good stuff to say to us. And I want to thank you, Jack, for coming down here. Oh, my pleasure. And, my and, pleasure. You know, we've had trouble. We had a postponement uh, uh, last week. And, it's called rain. Yeah. <laughs> we've had some stuff, that, that, but we're finally here. We're finally here. I, I was hoping you bring your wife, Debbie. You know, she was more than welcome to come down here and sit. Look, she she's around me so much, she gets tired of hearing me and Jackson and Ball and, and my granddaughter's plays tennis, and we covered up with that. So when she can get me out of the house, she lets, it, lets me go. That's good. And uh, Jackson, Jackson, uh, we, we've been talking College World Series and Mary Montgomery baseball and, and all kinds of stuff before we started this. But uh, just to get started – Tell us who you played for last year and what your intentions are when you get to Mary Montgomery. 
Um, I played for the Sims Middle School team. We uh we came up short in the championship to Causey this past year, and I'm going into MGM as a freshman. So, well, but we, they won it. They won it. We, year we won last. it the year before last. We had we had a great group there, and then they should come in. It was just not our time. We played sloppy in the championship game, and it was just that. But I'm coming into MGM MGM as a freshman, and it's, we got good things going on there. I like the program there. That's great, and we're we're able to get a, a, a high school prospect in in the batter's box here, and on WSNSP now. And I, I want to thank y'all for tuning in. And I've told y'all before we're gonna try to get the best guests that we can on the show. And and here we got a middle schooler going in to play high school baseball, and we got a, a former. This is the batter's box, but Jack. Maybe you know need to know how to box to get in the batter's box. <laughs> Maybe so. Can we find out that later? Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, anyway, before we get to Jack and Jack's it son. Takes, it takes money. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. When we're getting ready to talk, I'm going to talk about the top three picks if I get to that. The projected top three picks in baseball. And they're all three playing right now in the third game of the championship. The, the Whoever gets it is the champion game. Florida's pounding LSU right now. Uh, 10 to 2 and uh, on Sunday afternoon Florida came alive with a 24 to 4 shellacking where they set an NCAA record with with 23 hits and and 24 runs but none of that happened the previous 13 games the first 13 games in the College World Series were decided by one run eight games were decided by one run and uh, nobody on the winning side scored more than six runs so you have three dominating offenses, Wake Forest, Florida, and LSU, and but you got good pitching too, really good pitching. So anyway, LSU is in great command right now, you know, which is was last night as you're listening, and they're probably going to be ringing in Paul Skeens to shut him down. And he, he transferred in to LSU from the Air Force. And when you got a player or a pitcher that can throw 46 pitches over 100 miles an hour in one game, uh, it's pretty good. He's got up to 209 strikeouts this season, 13 and two. He's even hit 13 home runs for the for the uh, LSU Tigers. But anyway, uh, just to give you an example to close the book on the College World Series, because I was pulling for Wake Forest, and you know they got shut down. They they didn't bring the bats to the College World Series. Josh Gunther out of Bayside Academy is is going to be playing with them, and, and and I wish him all the luck. But I like LSU and and. And Florida, both, but you know, the SEC's been dominating eight of the last 13 World Series they've won, including the last four. So, you know, everybody knows I'm a Notre Dame guy. But, in fact, uh, when Florida broke the record for runs scored with 24, they broke Notre Dame's record that they set in 1959. Go Irish. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> give, give you an example of these top three picks, y'all. Uh which is coming up next uh, next month or later this month. Uh, Dylan Cruz out of LSU is projected first-round draft pick by the Pirates, the number one pick. He is expected to get slot money of $9,721,000. National stolen base record in 1984 with 89 stolen bases and 102 attempts. Joey Hutchins was there, Danny Carlson, Philip Newberry, Steve Watley, and Shane, Shane Hale, a former pitcher with South Alabama. They were all there, and, and that was that was a good good thing. The Mobile Mobsters, the, the Mobsters acronym is Mobile's Organized Baseball Society, 
teaching every relevant skill, and we try to pull together and 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 do good things for the community. Especially, you know, I had all four West brothers in school. Did you? Yeah. The Ward, the Ward they was brothers. all students of mine. For all four of them. Isn't that good? But I won't tell. I won't tell on them. I know some stuff on them, but let's let that go. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing bad. That's good. It's nothing bad. That's cool. That's cool. Hey, the Wade and Wade, you better you better listen to that, buddy. But anyway, there's one, a couple other things I want to talk about. Justin Steele out of George County over in Loosedale picked up a win for the Cubs yesterday in London, England. Turner Ward was over oh there, Lord. Brendan Donovan, Paul Goldschmidt, all with the Cardinals. Uh, Turner even ran into Dave Winfield over there. Well, but, but Justin Steele's 8-2 with a 2.62 ERA, 70 strikeouts, and 79 innings pitch. He's representing George County. George County Rebels, he's out of Loosedale. And there's one, one – he throws a lot better – than the pitcher I'm talking about, and I say better, a lot harder, but I'm sure y'all remember, Jack, I'm, you probably remember Bubba Dixon out of George County. Yeah, well, he played here. With the Mobile Bay Bears, yeah. and yeah. I used to love the witch, watching pitch, and so did everybody. He had that big, pretty overhanded curve. Man, he, and that, it reminds me a lot of you and Ronnie Powell, the yeah. kind of pitchers y'all were. Yes. Because just just coming there with a bunch of off-speed junk, and people love that. And, you know, he, I'd be up there hollering, screaming, Bubba, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, uh, that's that. You, you have been in the catcher's corner with Joey Warner, and on 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 the uh, batter's box here on on WNSP now. And uh, Jackson, you're in the catcher's corner with Joey. <laughs> yes, Warner. It's going to end up being the the catcher's corner with Jackson Tillman. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, uh, we got Jack Tillman on tonight today. And we got Jackson Tillman. And, again, I want to thank everybody for coming on. Jack, let's go back to the beginning. You know, go Wh- back. Which the- beginning? <laughs> <laughs> again, Jack Tillman, he's 76 years old, and he acts like he's 26. But go back to your childhood, to where you grew up, and, and just talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, we we didn't have a television. All we had was a radio and an old record player. And – uh <clears throat> I got interested in baseball because I sat out on the front porch with my Uncle Bill. He loved the Dodgers and the Yankees, and we listened to it on the radio. Well, I didn't. I never seen a glove or a baseball. So one Saturday, he went to buy groceries for Mom and Daddy, Uncle Bill did, and he brought me home a red rubber ball. It's the only ball I'd ever seen. You know, we didn't. We milked cows and raised hogs and chickens, and anyway. Uncle Bill showed me how to wind up, and he drew three squares on the milk barn and taught me how to throw to those squares. Well, I went to church with Buster and Bo and Terry Seals and Mickey Cochran and Lamar Berry and Jimmy Holder. We was all raced together in Orchard, and and we went to a church meeting. It was a WMC meeting with women. You know, they'd have it on Tuesday during <coughs> – and all, while all the men was working, and Buster Seals brought a baseball, a white baseball, that Bo had got him. And of course, Bo played, you know, like five years in the minor leagues. Bo was a great pitcher. He threw his overhanded curve by the palm of his hand. I don't know how he done that, but it was so nasty. But he taught me how to use the fingers. But anyway, I couldn't get the glove on my hand because Buster was right-handed and of course I'm left-handed and that just amazed me I'd never seen a baseball and a glove and then 
we started playing cart ball. But I got to tell you this quick story. We was at baseball practice at Sims, and Coach Mosley was our coach. And after I was a junior, and after practice one day, he said, come here, Jack, I want to ask you something. So I walked over to him. It was Esker Mosley. What a great guy. And he goes, how come all you boys from Orchard can hit? And I went, it's called cart ball, Coach. He never heard of it. I said, we use a stick, a, a broom handle, and both seals would buy those carts and wrap them with black tape, and we would play all day long with those cart balls and wooden bats. We're talking about 1953, 55, and that's how we could all hit. And Bo taught me that overhanded curve. He, he taught me how to throw it, and that's why it was so good. But I figured out how to throw the slurve, too. It's the same arm slot. It's just – and these kids come back today, and I said, what's wrong with your arm? And, in fact, I just talked to one the other day, and I ain't going to tell you what school. I'm not going to tell you the coach. He said, well, I've been throwing this – I'll say it, knuckle curve. And I said, what? And – I, I don't know. Everyone I see is holding the finger different. He's squeezing this finger and he's squeezing that finger. And a bunch of them got hurt arms. Now, I'm not saying that caused it. But it a uh, uh, overhanded curve and a slurve. And even slider. Bo Seals taught me a slider, but he taught me how to twist it like a doorknob. And that thing was nasty. But I wouldn't throw it but two or three times a ball game because I didn't like the way it fell on my arm. But – uh that overhanded curve and that slurve, but I, I, that's why me and Ronnie Powell struck out so many people. Of course, not only did we strike them out, <laughs> we walked them. Brian Jackson, uh, Jackson was reading one of my write-ups the other day. I pitched against McGill, and I got beat, I think, two to one, three to two, or something like that. And I walked seven, <laughs> but then Jackson says, Papa, you struck out 15. <laughs> 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 Rodney Powell had called me every day. How many did you pick off last night? <laughs> that Rodney was a mess. But anyway, that's how I started playing baseball. And then we had a guy in the neighborhood named Poker Treehern. He had four boys. And we would put that little orchard team together. And wasn't nobody to play. We didn't have nobody to play. But we'd go to Theodore, play them, and we'd play Bayou La Battery. And we play Grand Bay, Bobby Jack Phelps in that bunch, four teams, and that's that's how we got started. And all of us could play. And then I started playing little league football at Town of Williams. We had a tremendous team out there. None of us had ever played football. We didn't know what a helmet and shoulder pads was, but Houston Green started us playing in that TD program, and we had a tremendous. Bunch of kids, and most all of us went from Town Williams and played with Coastal Everett Sims. I played five years of football, five years of baseball. Wow, you know, going <clears throat> mentioning Sims and mentioning Ronnie Powell, y'all both being Southpaws, and and I think what I, the records I have is you had 160 strikeouts. I did in, in one season, and at Sims had three no hitters, and you and Ronnie Powell were. were were uh, targeted as having the best pickoff moves around. We used our head. All these kids used to call me, how do you do uh, – how did you do that? I said, I used my head. Ronnie do the same thing. I'd look at first, throw to first. Look at home, throw to home. Look at first, look at home, look back at first, and turn my head to throw to home and throw to first and get him every time. I get to watch it in my head. 
is, is what they watch. Very crafty. Jack, do you use a bo- those in your boxing skills too? Yeah, use my head. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get hit a lot. <laughs> you go. Hey, man. But um, anyway, that's 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 good stuff, man. And but you ended up over at South Alabama. Tell us a little bit about that program because you, you were on the beginning stages of that. I know yeah. it didn't. Well, of course, I never went. Yeah, I I, I never went, but. Like I'm telling you, the good Lord, everything I ever wanted to do, He He'll He's allowed me to do. I've accomplished it, everything, and I, and I can thank my family for that, my daddy, everybody. But uh, actually, I stumbled into the fight game. You know, I had sixty amateur fights before I was ten years old because my brothers were fighting. He'd take me to the gym in half the neighborhood. Daddy would had them all fight. That's Joe Tillman. Well, you know, I'd already signed with South. It was it was myself. I don't want to leave nobody out. It was myself, Pat Galley was the first two. The reason why I say it was the first two, because we went down there first to get signed. And then you had Ronnie Baker, great catcher. Then you had Calvin Kirkland, great catcher. You had Doc Richardson, who had played the year before. See, Doc was already on the team. He just didn't have a scholarship. And uh it's a bunch of them was on that first team he had. That was in 64. Right. Now, we're talking about 65 now. And uh, Mike McFarland and uh, Ronnie Chambers didn't come along to the next year. But let me tell you something. Ronnie Chambers and Mike McFarland <laughs> could throw it, buddy. They probably threw – we didn't have any guns, but I guarantee you them two threw 92, 93. And Ronnie had that big old-handed curve. And of course, he still has the South Alabama record for complete games. Oh yeah, he was he was nasty. I think he yeah, had thirteen he, in one season and twenty seven in his career. And, and he could had, hit too. Then they had Joel Rutledge. Joel signed from Viger. <laughs> and uh, uh, but as it turned out, I ended up going home that weekend, and they called me from Pensacola and says, "We'll give you, a, we want you to come fight this four round fight." We ain't got nobody. We need a, another fighter. So I went up, Daddy and I went up there. We took the fight. Fought a middleweight, weighed 165 pounds. And I I just, I really beat him bad. But he's a good fighter. In fact, we, he was from New Orleans, and we got to be friends later on. And uh, I won the fight. Well, they paid me $100. And I didn't, I didn't think nothing about it. See, you know how those rules back then, you couldn't, you couldn't be an amateur in one and a pro in the other one. That they've, of course, obviously they've changed that. You didn't know that, did you? I didn't. I no, didn't. you couldn't. You couldn't play pro football and go back and play college baseball. You couldn't do it back then. Okay. So uh, my brother Jerry come up there to the house, and he said, uh, they give you any money for that fight over there? I said, yeah, $100. He said, well, <laughs> you forget about your baseball. Wow, so you were that that yeah. that moved you into the pro status well, in boxing. As it turned out, I was heading that way anyway. Right, and I end up winning something like I think it's twenty six in the record book, twenty six in a row. And that's how I met my manager. I fought the first fight I had here. I fought Al Jackson, which was my manager's fighter, and didn't realize at the time that Kusamana, my manager was friends with Daddy. They fought together in New Orleans back in the 20s. Wow. Yeah. 
Daddy Paul Bonin hitchhike over there and make $75 and eat a sandwich and hitchhike back. Uh, well, hobo the trains, what they was doing. Well, you know, I had an opportunity to sit in your grand, your your father, your, your great-grandfather's uh, living room on Athey Road and interviewed him. And that was that was a cool event because he, you know, because that, that was going a long time ago. It's 30 years ago, Jack. Huh. You know that. But, but Jack, your boxing career was unbelievable, but... Even before your boxing career started, you were you got heavily involved in Babe Ruth baseball, didn't you? Or, well, were, or as you were boxing at the yeah. same time, how did that how did that unfold? Actually, I was I was playing Connie Mack and coaching a Rebel Babe Ruth team right before I started fighting, and I had some oh god, I had some great athletes. That was in '60. Well, Terry Curtis played for me. He played on an All Star team. Terry Curtis and Hal Williams and uh. Kerry Prather and uh, Hoffines, Hal Hoffines, uh, I can't remember, Danny Logan, Price Thomas, Bruce May, Paul Wilson. I had all them boys, and I had some of them two years. Of course, Terry moved on after that first year, and then uh, uh, we won the state tournament with Price Thomas and them. Rebel Bay, Bruce? Yeah. Municipal Park? Sure did. Yeah, that's going way back. I, I didn't get involved in – in Municipal Park till ni- 1969. And then then I, I had the uh, Sims Bay team. I had that all-star team. And I think I won four or five park championships. Uh, actually, Lee Lawshey holds the record out there for the most wins. Everybody wants to beat mine in Lee's record. Of course, you, you'd have to coach 20 years to beat Lee Lawshey's record. He won so many games. But but I, had, I held the record of winning a championship in every league right on to Bay Ruth. Wow, and I was proud of that. And you should be, and it could, because that baseball back then, everybody played it. Everybody played it from from uh, little league, minor league, major league, and little league, to either Dixie Youth, uh, Babe Ruth. You had thousands of players, literally yeah. all around town. And that 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 uh, I'm gonna change gears for a second. And Jackson, you're playing Babe Ruth baseball out at Sims. Oh uh, no, sir! I actually I did not. I skipped out on that this year. I when I played, tri- I'm playing travel ball right now. Okay, he's played on the same travel team for seven years. Same one. Okay, same that, boys. Which one? Who was that? Oh, uh, we're called the Brotherhood. Um, the, out of Sims, Sims, Alabama. Okay, talk about some of those players on there. Um, I know we got uh our coach. You you maybe heard of Jeremy Stewart. He played at MGM, but we got a. Uh, it's kind of a mixture of everywhere. We got a few kids from St. Paul's. We got uh, I like to talk talk about um, Coy Alford. He's he he's gonna be a, a sophomore at MGM. He's a great pitcher. Okay. He he's coming up, but y'all got some good young pitchers out there. Yeah, we got another one is Max Chisholm. Max Chisholm, he'll he'll be a, a sophomore. sophomore yeah. yeah, he'll be a sophomore. Got a good curveball. And then, um, but yeah, then we have we have a few kids from Faith on that travel team. Also, we've been together for a while, and that that whole team started off of an all star team that started at Sims Park, Sims Baseball Park, when when we were little, like nine, eight years old. That uh, whole uh, that whole travel team that is together now started off of a little all star team that we had. When we were playing uh, all stars. Joey, let Sims. me tell you something you might find interesting. When I was president of the park, Leon. Drunken Miller, coach, I, I love Leon. He's one of my favorite people. 
he reminds me a lot of Hightower. They both of them are great coaches, and Coach Turner's a great coach. But uh, we put on a district Babe Ruth tournament in nineteen. I believe it was ninety six. I, I, it's either ninety six or ninety seven, somewhere right in there, because my son was fourteen or fifteen. So, guess how many leagues were in it? Not teams. How many leagues were in it? Nine hmm. leagues. We talking about from Westside, from uh, uh, Tremere, from Satsuma, uh, from McIntosh up in Mount Vernon and Clark County. We had them all. Theodore, we had nine leagues. Now you know how many leagues they got. Zero. Sims is the only one that's got. They got an eighteen league at the park. Yep. Leslie I'm, Powell has kept that lead together. I, I, I'm aware of that, and that's why. And I didn't realize that you were playing the the, the travel ball. But you know, you're exactly right, Jack. Uh, years and years ago, coming up, it, it was and this it was good baseball. I mean, it wasn't like once you got to be about 13 or 14 in little league. You know, if you if it, a lot of parents put their kids into baseball because it was the thing to do. And I was fortunate to grow up around the municipal park area, and it was it was home away from home, football and baseball, and and all around Maytree Park, Mims Park, these were the places to play. You know, Sims everywhere, uh, Theodore, just uh, it was feeder programs for the high schools as well, and and that's what made it so tough to make a high school team is you had to excel once you became 13, 14 years old, whether you played Dixie Youth or Babe Ruth. And now it's the travel ball, and I'm not. I, I'm. I'm gonna reserve my opinion on, on, on the travel ball versus league ball. But I, I, I will say that it's a, it's a proven fact that the league ball has, has suffered considerably because, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing that that that, that players are able to, be put together and play against outstanding competition the mobile raw dogs have made a fact of that and and i appreciate the good players and, and they get they get looked at they get scouted and they get put on the internet and stuff but it's 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 good to know that, that there's good baseball out there but it's sad to know that there's that there's there's not a league for the the, the recreational player that just wants to be a, a part of a baseball development and uh, it hurts. It hurts baseball as a as a whole. You Not, can do nothing both. against the, nothing against the. the you can do village. travel ball and you can do league ball. You can play two nights a week and then play travel ball on the weekend. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not against it. I'm just saying that closeness and that partnership and that friendship is separated. It's not like it used to be. Right. Sponsorships and and that kind of thing. You know. Look, when you worked at Brandon Sporting Goods and Thaw Sporting Goods, look at all the sponsorships that y'all supported from oh, yearbooks yeah. to programs to league teams. I used to give money out of my pocket because mm. I, and I'd stayed at them parks watching them play. I, I just enjoyed watching them. Coming up as an umpire, even, even as I got older and it, just visiting all the parks and watching how the parks operate. It was an amazing thing to see how many volunteers, the parents that got together, the league officials that pulled together. And I was a part of that at, at, at Municipal this year as a T-ball manager for my grandson. And, and, and the work that the officials did out there was, was uh, impressive. And, and, but with that said, uh, let's talk a little bit about, about your high school career, Jackson. 
you, you did real well with in, in middle school, and you're moving up as a freshman. Yes, sir. You're a catcher slash first baseman. You have a couple catcher. I'll mention them. Barry Hightower has Fuller Musgrove, Tucker's brother, Camden West as as a couple of catchers, and Connor Bolick was a very very gutsy uh, player. Uh, I saw him at a clinic here recently that we put on. Those are three catchers that would have been in front of you. Connor's yes, graduating, but now you you also have Camden and Fuller in front of you. And there's also uh, one more. This is, I'm pretty sure the last the last one is Connor England. He's a um he's gonna he's he's a, he was a he's a freshman this year, but he um what about he'll be a T- sophomore. What about TJ? TJ. Oh, TJ Wood. Yes, and there's he's pretty good. Yeah, okay. yeah TJ Wood. There's one right there, but um me and Connor go back. He he also plays on that travel ball team that we have. Right now, we go back to seventh grade. My first year of playing middle school baseball, I didn't think I was going to be the starting catcher for that team. And I get out there first game, but we're just practicing. He was like, "I ain't going to tell you who's starting tonight." He's like, "You'll find out when I tell you the lineup." So we just been competing the whole like the whole weeks of practice. And the first game comes, I'm pretty sure who we or actually I, I had to I had to sit out the first game. It was against Daphne, Alabama. Uh, it was yeah, it was against Daphne Middle School, or it was actually their high school team. We were playing their junior high team at at Bay, at Sims Babe Ruth Field, and I had to sit out. Well, the next game we had our rival Causey, and he was like, "We well, are gonna play. That's the biggest game of the season. Is Causey because if we win that, then that's pretty much the first seed. Because the rest of the games are like for the schedule are kind of just pushed off, like they're not that good." Well, we played Causey. We ended up coming back and beating them. What was it, three to two? That first year we came back and beat them. Yeah. So yeah, I started that first game. We ended up beating Causey three to two, and that was just the start of that right there. And we just ended up winning the championship that seventh grade year. We had a great team that year, really great team. So we, High Tower, I enjoy watching him coach. He is a very very he knows his stuff well you know he's 50 something years old he's been around he's got about 36 years of of coaching experience including uh, junior college levels i like turner and uh you got a good middle uh uh, jv coaches come in uh hi oski he he had also so he has a connection with some of the younger slash older ones because he was a middle school coach before he was a middle school coach at sims middle school before he uh yeah, he was a um, middle school coach before he left. He moved. He actually he left on a, a mission trip to California, so he went to California. But he was a coach my uh, sixth grade year. He was a, still the coach at Sims Middle School, and then he left and went out. So we had we had a new coach come in for my whole middle school, Dalton Garrett. He's he's gone now. He's going to actually coach at Baker this year, coming okay. up Baker High School. So, and the DJ Law, DJ Law's been involved with y'all out there, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, sir. He's okay. he's volunteer coaching right now for. Uh, he's actually helping out the varsity on our uh, MGM team right now. They've had some good ones out there. Jack knows that. You know, you had Glasscock, Terry Glasscock, and yeah. Donald Dixon, and <clears throat> Terry Adams, and. And of course, Coach Leon Druckenmiller, 1991 team, may have been the, one of the best to ever come out of Mobile. Yeah. And and they were ranked real high, and I think they lost in the championship to Vestavia Hills. But they they, they ran out of pitch. <laughs> they, they they probably had. I, I followed that team. Yeah. Now and then too, but I I want to tell you, uh, uh, Jackson, don't get discouraged. I, and I don't see any discouragement written on you anywhere, but. But, you know, I'll, I'll flash back to when I was a sophomore. Uh, you know, I came up, I was a decent catcher, I guess. I was too, too small. 
and, and I can get low. I don't. I wouldn't go down on. I, I'm not going to go down on my uh, on the knee thing. That's a whole different. Well, yeah, that, I, that's I, definitely a newer I, generation. Yeah, it it is, and and we could spend a couple of days on that. But I yeah. want to stay positive with that because I, I I do know what I'm talking about with catching. And you know, it's, people may not think it, but I do. I didn't go to real high levels, but I've studied this kind of stuff all my life. But I, I was number four. Uh, Coach Mack over at Shaw put me at number four. <laughs> That's my sophomore season. He did that for a reason because he wanted to see how bad I wanted it. And we were, we had a tryout over at uh, 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 Jaguar Field. And I'm saying, tryout, you know. I, and, I, man, I I wanted to make that team so bad because I used to have long hair. Jack remembers. Had long hair. And Coach Mack announced uh, uh, tryouts. And he said, if you, he had told me as a freshman, he says, you cut your hair. You can catch for me next year. Well, he mentioned tryouts. Me and Richard Cox, old friend of mine, we ran into <laughs> Hair World up at, by next food where and got a haircut. It took him 45 minutes to cut that mop. But I tell you what, in today's world, you can have hair, you can have a beard way out here and hair down to your rear end, and it's okay. But back then, it was different. Yeah. It was different, Jack knows. It was different. Jolly Leverett made you head that <laughs> flat top. <laughs> But anyway, he put me as a number four catcher. And I'm saying, oh, my gosh, you know, well, hey, well, let me see what I can do. And we had a center fielder named Jeff Doggett, one of the best ever. Oh, ran. he was good. And Clay Smith was a shortstop, two of my idols. And, and they were on the team. They were seniors. It was 1979. And I got up there. We had the pitching machine. And I ripped one. And Doggett could run down anything. But I don't think he expected this little guy to hit it over his head. And, I, you know, he trotted to the fence. And it caromed off the 393 mark in, in front of the big old uh, – I and on Jaguar Field, and uh, I ran around to double or triple or whatever. And I and uh, later on, they were sitting on the edge of the dugout. I ran over there. I said, "Man, I said, Clay, Jeff, how can I make this team, man?" And they said, "Hustle." Well, that was my middle name already, but I never stopped since that then. And I and I, I, I DH the first game of my high school. John career. John said you would. My nephew John John said you wouldn't be still. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. No. Terry Curtis said I'm I was a live, live wire back there, but I wanted the ball. I wanted the ball. Bring me that ball. You're not going to catch me going down on one knee unless I was blocking. Because they're actually laying – some of them are being lazy and they're laying around catching and, and catching as a leadership role. And yeah. and you have to – and there's, you have there's to some take, out there. You have to take the field you got to be the quarterback. But anyway, I, I, I made that team and – and it was some of the best times of my life. So remember this: you got a great coach, you got great uh, uh, players, teammates that you've talked about. Enjoy the next four years. Enjoy this high school season. Yes, sir. And you may can go. Hey, major colleges, pro level, major leagues. Set your goals high. You can do it. And every player that I'll try to talk to, in in whatever phase, you know confidence and, and being positive is, is the first two things you have to have yes, discipline and, and but hey and you got to study you got to stay in those books too and and i know you know these things i'm just kind of reinforcing it but i was up uh, i'll never forget I, when i was working at brandon's <clears throat> uh ronnie Wyndham and i was uh, i think we was talking to claude horn claude's my buddy i love claude anyway milt bolden walked in the front door and he looked over at me and said jack can i see you outside a minute this is a very true story. And I went, yes, sir. So I walked out. I love Milt and Frank. And uh, Milt says, tell you what I'll do. I'll sign you right now. i give you $1,000 and send you to Phoenix. I think it's Phoenix in single A. 
and I went, he said, we, we need some left-handers. I'll sign you. And I said, uh, let me ask you something. How much y'all make a month? He said, oh, about three fifty. <laughs> That's all they paid in 1967. And I went, no, I'm not riding no bus 400 miles for 25 people. And they get you three, you stop and get three rooms for uh, $350 a month. <laughs> I think they pay them about 25000 a year now. They It's a little better. That's why they, they, they jump in these big bonuses and, they're called bonus babies, but we're talking with Jack Tillman on the batter's box and his grandson, Jackson Tillman. And Jack mentioned Milt Bowling and Frank Bowling a minute ago. And, and Jack's 76. I'm not, I'm not trying to harp on your age or anything, but we finally got an old timer down here that remembers a lot of old time baseball. And that's what I'm all about is the history of baseball and mobile. And when you mention somebody like Milt Bowling and bless God bless Milt Bowling and Frank Bowling both, but, Milt did a, an outstanding job as a scout for the Red Sox for, for many years after he after an injury hurt his career. Because one of the best times of my life was interviewing Milt and Frank in Frank's living room one day. And I got it on video, believe it or not, a whole hour. And and Frank would admit that Milt was the better ball player. Oh, Milt, and, Milt was a tremendous athlete. I mean, when I say better ball player, that's from Frank's quote. And because he played basketball as well, and we're going to get into some – in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about some of the better athletes at a Mobile and maybe put a little criteria on it but take a little bit off and just mention some names. And I hope some of those guys are listening. Some of them aren't even here anymore, a lot of them, I guess. But, but it's 20 of what – I've come up with a 20 – the initial 20-player team that – multi-sports, played multi-sports, and some, most of them made it to, the, to a professional level. So – but but anyway, that's that's good stuff, uh, Jack. Let's let's go back to your boxing career again because that's that's a, that's very important. Nineteen sixty seven. You you talked about that first fight a little while ago, but but when you got into the midst of, of professional boxing, talk about what that was like in the late sixties, and 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 you know you, you had some some big fights too. Yeah. Well, a lot of these of these fighters. Uh, they don't get anybody that's got a business background, and and plus you got to get somebody that knows the fight game that you can trust, and I, that's why I signed with Mike Kusumano. Kusumano. <laughs> he worked with Standard Fruit and Steamship Company, and of course at the time, well I got to tell you this story. It's it's very powerful. So after I signed with him, he calls the house. He says, uh, "I got you a plane ticket. I want you to come over and work." Uh, two days with Jerry Pellegrini. Will you do that? I said, yes, sir. So I went to the airport, got on an airplane. I was still I was working at Brandon's, and we stopped. I thought I was on the Greyhound bus. We stopped at Pascagoula. We stopped at Gulfport. <laughs> we stopped at Slidell. I've been there and done that. I used to take the Greyhound bus to Foley. <laughs> no, this to was an airplane. Battle. This was an airplane, though. <laughs> the most southern airplanes. Remember that thing shook all over? Anyway, so I landed, and he took me uh, to the – <laughs> I'm 19. I'm still at the Montleon, the Montleon Hotel. I'm lost. I, I was just a kid. Never been nowhere. So, he, so uh, I was training at New Orleans Athletic Club. I don't even think it's there. I think the storm wiped it out with Pe- with Pellegrini. And so we got through one night, and he wanted to go get something to drink. So we walked in. Up. I know what he wanted was a beer. And I'm, 
and I'm not going to tell you I drank a beer. So <laughs> I'll just tell you I went I went in the lounge with him. So we sitting at this table, and this big guy comes over and sits down with us. And all he's talking about is the Kennedy murders, and I'm doing this and this and doing that. And he, I mean, that's all he talked about. Well, I didn't, you know, it really didn't register with me. I didn't know who the guy was. Anyway, the guy got up and left. I looked at Pellegrini, and I says, who is that guy? He goes, that's Jim Garrison. He's one invite it is investigating the Kennedy murders. I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, so the following week, I fought a four-round fight in New Orleans. And I get up in the ring, and I look down at ringside, and there's three guys sitting there. And I'll tell you two of them was, and the other one we won't talk about. Okay, so don't ask me. <laughs> uh, it was Al Hurt. And Fats Diamond Duff. Isn't that something? Was sitting at ringside with the third friend. And I looked down and, damn, that's Pat's Diamond <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the, there was about 10,000 people there because Pellegrini was a big draw. You know, he was a top fighter. And, uh, and that's how I got started. Just those people were great to me. But anyway, the first weigh-in I went to uh, – was about three weeks later, I fought another four-round fight, and apparently they had put done a write-up on me, and I didn't see it, and and uh, my name was in there. And so we go to the weigh-in, and we walk in the big old place for the weigh-in, and uh, the place is packed. And the minute I thought they'd come to see me. You know, I, I couldn't believe that many people was there. As soon as my daddy walked in, all the guys that he fought with back in the 20s and 30s, had come to come to the weigh-in to see Daddy. Wow, isn't that good? Oh yes, unbelievable. Well, Jack, it, it, I think your record was fifty-three six and one. It, it, some that's uh, close on, enough. On box rack, <laughs> they, they 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 call it forty-four eight and one. But you you've 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 told me that that, that uh, different. There were some fights, so I, I th- think they, they missed. missed. Yeah. Okay, which you know the fifty-three six and one. Regardless, you had 340 rounds of fighting. Yeah. And let's fa- fast forward to 1973. World champion Billy Backus. Yes. Talk about that fight. Did, didn't he put you on the canvas to, in the first yeah. round twice? Two times in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big event. Really, he didn't do it no more. <laughs> there you go. That was in that was in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. Ten thousand people. Yeah. 1973. Billy yeah. Backus and Jack Tillman. Talk about it, Jack. Well, he's just a great fighter. You know, he won the title from Naples, Jose Montequila, Naples. <laughs> Your Spanish is pretty good. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> anyway, smooth as butter. That's what it means. Okay. And uh, he was just a rough fighter. Well, you know, I fought on two cards where he fought Pellegrini, you know, in 69. The picture just on Facebook. Right. Well, me and Pellegrini. Well, that was for Bacchus and Pellegrini fight. They fought three times. And uh, I fought on that card with uh, with Bacchus and Pellegrini. Pellegrini beat him that night, and they fought again three months later in Baltimore, and Bacchus beat Pellegrini. But uh, he's just a real fighter. I mean, he never stopped, you know. And uh, actually, after the fight, after I beat him, we laid in there getting our – they took us straight back and sewed our eyes up. They didn't wait. You know, they took us straight back. So I'm laying on one table, and he's laying on the other – and they sewing our eyes up, and uh, I looked over back and said, "Tell me about uh, Jose Napoles." He goes, "Don't fight him." <laughs> he said, "He said 
he don't hit that hard, but he just hits often and he never stops. Which if if you'll play some of his fights back on Google, you'll see how what a greater great fighter he was. But if I was fighting today, I'd be a millionaire. The crowds I drew, and you know ringside wasn't but seven dollars. Yeah, no doubt. And now they cost you a hundred dollars to get in the front door. Well, we're talking with Jack Tillman. I think you got ranked as high as number three in the yeah. world, and that that was a legitimate number three. And after that Bacchus fight, uh, I want to tell everybody that after after this show, you can go to my Facebook page. I've got about ninety images of Jack Tillman in my in my uh, archives, so I'm gonna put some stuff out there to give you an idea of what boxing was like back then. But Jack. On the front page of the paper, the sports page, we used to have a, a sports page in Mobile that was the best. Uh, Jimmy Wigfield, you were great. And, and a bunch of them, uh, uh, Mike Herndon, outstanding, Ben Nolan, uh, Vincent Johnson, uh, Art Drago, Dennis, Dennis, uh, Dennis Smitherman, Smitherman uh, you know, all those guys. Ben, ben well, Nolan. you know, Vincent Johnson was writing when Daddy was fighting. A lot of people okay. didn't know that. That was yes. in his early years, wasn't yep. it? Yes. But, but anyway... The front page of the paper, they actually had a parade when you came back from that Baxter's yeah. fight. And they had people with signs, welcome back, Jack, go Jack, all this <laughs> stuff. And that was good for Mobile. That was good for Mobile. Yeah. And, and a lot of the other boxing, oh, your fights were always promoted, and, and they did a good job. And, and, and you as the fighter, it, it's a shame that, that, that there is a big differential in, in every sport. And 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 way it, but that's just the times. Of, well, the casino, the casinos hurt boxing a lot because uh, you could used to get a four round fighter. I was making a hundred dollars, hundred fifty dollars for a four round fight. Of course, when I fought here, I drew bigger crowds, and my brothers would give me four, five, six hundred dollars. But now you try to get a four round fighter, it's going to cost you seven hundred fifty dollars. And these promoters just can't afford that much. Now, I will say JDDs is still putting them on in Tuscaloosa. And when I got the Hall of Fame thing, Jackson went with me, him and Debbie. Yeah, we went to Gaston, Gaston Alabama, actually. That was a long no. way down, about six hours. Where where'd you say? Gaston, Alabama. When we went Gadsden. Gadsden. Yeah, Gadsden. Gadsden. I, I couldn't understand you. Yeah. Gadston. Yeah, six hour drive. <laughs> Oh, felt like we were never going to make it there. Y'all, y'all inducted Pete Talaferro, James yeah. Hughes, It was Jack, really a great Randall night, Yonker, yeah. and hardly nobody covered it. Oh. It's really sad. Uh, Channel 5 did. Yeah. That's good. We had a great Randy time. Randy Patrick, I'm sure, had that. Ran- oh, Randy Patrick is just the greatest. Yeah, he. we, we miss him bad. Uh, other guys were going to cover it, you know, and they never did. They never covered it. But you had four fighters there. And let me tell you something. Edgar Ross out of Tuscaloosa, what a great fighter. And if you look his record up, I don't think Edgar lost but one fight. He had 70-something fights. Wow. Uh, I could tell you a funny story about Edgar if you, if you got time. <laughs> Edgar Edgar would come train with me. And uh, you know, his brother, Ronnie, played at Auburn. I didn't know if you knew. No, yeah. I, I uh, Ronnie know, played at Auburn, yeah. Okay. And Edgar would come stay with my sister and train with me. And so uh, – uh, Randy Billingsley was a very close friend of mine. So he ended got, up here in Mobile, didn't he? Yeah, Mobile Concrete Asphalt Company. Mobile Asphalt. Yeah. He scored a touchdown in the '73 Sugar Bowl. That's I think so. Irish. Yeah, He's Richard Thomas. He was a good running back. Anyway, so we at the Hall of Fame, and uh, uh, we stand over there talking, and he was telling me. He said, "Man, I, we all thought we was bad." He said, "We was in a club one night, 
and a bunch of them got in a fight. And, and uh, he told me who the linebacker was, but I, I would never say it on, on radio. But uh, he said, we went outside, you know, they broke it all up. We tore the place up. And he said, uh, he said the big linebacker was making fun of two or three boys standing over there. And, uh, and he kept on it, one of them, and went over there to jump on him. And he got the living devil beat out of him. He's a big linebacker. I'm not going to say who. He got the devil beat out of him. I mean, bad. And so I'm sitting there. I don't have no idea who he's talking about. He told me the linebacker's name, but he didn't know. So I'm sitting over there, and I looked at I looked at Randy Billingsley. I said, Randy, I would guess who it was. He goes, who? I said, Edgar Rawls. I said, you jumped on Edgar Rawls? You got to be out of your mind. It was funny. Randy said, I can't believe you knew that. Because, of course, I train with Edgar every day. Great fighter. Wow. But, That's good stuff. You know. Yeah, it's funny. Yes. Well, you know, back back when you were fighting out of Mobile, of course, you used to pack it out at the Mobile Municipal, Mobile Municipal Auditorium. You fought in Fort Whiting as well. Well, we outgrew that in a hurry. It yeah. didn't take but a couple of years. Where else were some of the, some of the New Orleans? You were a regular over there. Yeah, I uh, fought in Baltimore ten times. I fought in Florida. I fought in Tampa, Orlando, and I fought. Uh, I never fought in Miami. Uh, we my manager didn't quite get along with some of them down there, so we just stayed away from them. <clears throat> And, uh, of course, then I fought in London, England. Wow, that's good stuff. Yeah. And, you know, to to do so much as a, as a fighter. Then I fought in the Garden. I forgot about Madison it. Madison yeah. Square Garden? Okay. Yeah. Well, to and back then, Jack, you know, I remember when I was a child, and, and I can relate back to Jackson, and, and I know he's intelligent about all sports because because – He's interested in it. And back then, we had just the reg- one sports page, and you had Sporting News and Sports Illustrated, and you had some, some national coverage, but nothing like it is today. So if they're willing to learn about it today, it's, it's all, all for them. But back then, you know, when, when you had uh, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman and Joe Frazier and some of those great fighters, it was, it was just unreal. And to have a representative out of Mobile as a, a welterweight, and what, tell them your weight as a, as a welterweight, Jack. One, what was your weight back then? 147. 147? Yeah. You only weigh 152 right now, huh? About 55. And <laughs> <laughs> ain't going to get no higher because yeah. I'm not going to let it. Well, I, I came up like 165, and, and I'm kind of right there. It's just not all the way it used to be. But, but we, was anyway. playing, we was playing Theodore one night, and uh, three, there was four or five scouts there. And so I think after the game, I can't remember who won. I think they beat us. Uh my senior year, and but I struck out about four, 13 or 14. And, and uh, so I'm standing at the dugout, and this little guy walks around there, and he had khakis on, and his name was Buddy Buddy Lewis with the Cardinals. So he walks up, and he's got a little dip of skull in his mouth, and he looks at me and says, tell me how much you weigh. I said, 175. And he said a word and spit, and he goes, <laughs> there ain't no way you weigh 175. I weighed about 145. But I probably threw, I don't know, probably 88, 89. That's still bringing it. You oh, know yeah. I mean? That's bringing it, especially back then. Is, uh, you know, James Hicks didn't. <laughs> I love that James Hicks. I went to watch him pitch one night. Him and Stabler tied up. 
course, Stabler threw 93, him and Melvin Brunson. Oh, what two great pitchers. Oh, but you couldn't touch James. He had a little screwball, and he didn't throw about 75, and he'd make you look like a fool. Well, Jack, I'm so glad that you're bringing up these old-timers' names, and some of them may not be, be living these days, but some of their – their grandchildren and children and stuff like that. And I hope if they're listening to this show that they're taking notice that, that Jack's bringing these guys up because cause, cause these these people were competitors with you and they, yeah. they were good people with you. you Every school up. back then would have three good pitchers. There were some fine ball players back then. I'm talking about you play, you play Davis and you're going to look at four, three or four pitchers. Um, McFarlane and Melvin Brunson, they could sling it. They were great pitchers, and uh, and Murphy had Ronnie Barnes, and they had oh, they was just so I can't think all of them. James Hicks, Ray Bishop threw about sixty, threw that knuckleball <laughs> and that old goofy curveball he had. I don't know what that thing was. You, had you to couldn't, wait on that you couldn't hit him. <laughs> you couldn't hit him. He'd make me so mad I'd want to kill him. Well, okay. Well, look, listen to this. All right, let's go back to the boxing and. Let's forward fast a few years to to when you get in got into boxing promotions out at out at the Shriners Fairgrounds. How did that How did that happen, Jack? Well, actually, Jerry and Joe started promoting my fights. The first one I had here, they promoted it, and then they just went on from there. Uh, the uh, what happened after I retired in seventy six seventy. Wallace appointed me to the State Boxing Commission in 76. George Wallace? Yeah. He, Governor George Wallace out of yeah, Alabama, he, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. He called me at the house and gave me the job. All right. <laughs> That's good. Oh, my Lord. Now they got, a big, a, tough now they got a big old board. Got committee it. and all yeah, that. I was on that committee. I'd go up there and they'd talk and talk and talk and talk. <laughs> and I don't think tell them knew anything about fighting. But anyway, uh, it, and – the crowds just got bigger. I mean, uh, before you know it, I was drawing thousands of people at the auditorium. And uh, I remember a great story I got to tell you. We, uh, Argentina sent a guy in here named, I can't think of his name. Uh, anyway, I can't think of his name, but, but what happened, they booked him with three fights in the United States. So they called Joe and Jerry and my manager wanted to know if, if uh, they could match him with me here. Um, Torres, wasn't Jose Torres. Um, anyway, it's in the record book. I can't think of it. And so uh, I had just won that North American title. And so, hell, we packed the place out. The place was packed. And I don't think Joe and Jerry was paying that, that guy from Argentina but like $1,500, and which was – yeah, you know, it was good money back in 73, 74. And so <clears throat> they show up at the auditorium and the place is packed. I mean, there ain't no sitting room anywhere. No sitting room. And so uh, their manager looked at Jerry and he goes, beautiful auditorium. He says, big crowd. He said, my fighter gets sick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, he didn't back out, did no, he? No, no. Jerry had to stick another five hundred dollars. Oh in his my pocket. goodness. He just negotiated. That was the funniest thing he I ever negotiated, negotiated. Ring time. Yeah. I can't. At bell time. Roberto Roberto Sosa. Okay. 
Jose Roberto Sosa. Smart manager, basically. Yeah. Good fighter, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and that's how they got started. In fact, they they started in 67 and promoted way on up there to the middle 80s with Randall Yonkers and Coons and that bunch. Oh, yeah. And because I started coming out there. And James Hughes. Right. I started coming out there, I think it was like the like 1990. And, of course, Yonker was in his prime. Pete Talaferro and uh, Floyd Williams. Yeah. Uh, 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 Scott. What was what was his first name? White boy. Uh, tough guy. And, then, you know, Robert Coon was great, too. Robert Coon was a, a crowd Robert, player. Robert could have been world champion. That's how good he was, but, but you 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 had he wouldn't run. That, <laughs> he wouldn't run do no road work. And James Hughes was a he was he was a base, good baseball player high, high school. Yeah, I James played, is a good athlete. Played against, against him. At, uh, he played at Theodore. Yeah, and he was in fact I interviewed him, Jack, because I used to write the the little column for y'all's program out there, and I interviewed uh, James six weeks before his death. And we talked, and, and he told me, and you talk about running with it was Terry Scott. I was think, trying to think Terry of Terry Scott. That's you know, right. uh, but and and I said, James, you know, where, where do you get your endurance, man? Your your tenacity, because you you come on strong in the late rounds. You and, and he says running, and and I and he, and he would tell me it was running program. I was really big into running back then, and I was getting ready to schedule, you know workouts with him to, to run with him to help his boxing career because he was getting ready to take off and you know with i tried to get randall to run more and randall was a good athlete as beyond the boxing as i got him to run the isaiah trail run one year and he ran like 42 minutes which is not bad randall had to be in tune in other words his whole body had to be in tune because he was such a powerful puncher i mean he'd hurt you randall would bad Cause he, you know, he, he was a little guy. He weighed 168 pounds. Yeah, middleweight. Uh, yeah, uh, heavy. He was actually yeah, super a middle super middleweight. Super middleweight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Randall, but Randall had to be in tune. In other words, that engine had to be everything had to be hitting on exact right cylinders for Randall to do good. Some fighters don't have to have that. James didn't. Yeah, James just he come out there and shake those punches ever which way. He, and, he, uh, he would, yeah. but he was a crowd pleaser. And, uh, he was definitely a crowd pleaser, and it was fun to watch. And I still have video footage of, of a lot of those bouts out there because I'd come out there, and it was just a – y'all put on a great show. I mean, and then you were the referee, and you know, Steve Schoenwald did a great job doing the announcing yeah. in the ring, and 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 you had that, that one event. You know, where, I taught I Leon – well, I didn't have to teach Leon. Leon loved boxing, Drunken Miller. Right. I taught him how to judge, and I had uh, the guy from uh, can't think of his name either from Sarah Land. He judged, and uh, I tried to break in one of my friends. I'm not going to say who he was. So we had a little four round fight, and I set him over there by me, and Leon was sitting around the corner, and I had, and finally we broke in Hank Farnell. Hank done a great job, Doctor Farnell, and that does a physical therapy. Okay. Yeah. Hank done a good job. So, But this guy was sitting by me, and I, I said, now, just write the score down. And I kind of looked over at Leon. I said, you know something? I better take this card and judge it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't really know what he was seeing. Well, he he couldn't put the score down. So, finally, he scored it. And I looked at the four-round fight, and he had two of the rounds, 10 7 <laughs> <laughs> So I took his card and tore it up through the punch. Turned my card in. 
Yeah, he is at 19. He's he have to come up to at least 20. I'm sure. On yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, th- those fights were interesting. It, the crowd loved it, and and you know, as a referee, I can remember you know doing the video and and you you would be up there in the ring, you know, moving them around. And uh, I remember the Paul McFeet fight with Randall Yonker. You uh, Paul kept hitting Randall low, and Randall Randall was like resting on the on the on the the. Uh, ropes and stuff and Paul's hitting him low and you're Paul stop that he says I'm not gonna take that you know and, and, and all this stuff it, but it was good hometown boxing and, and I hate it ended up going to the backyard brawl thing and, and kind of oh, the tough, tough man oh they, they bring all their friends to see them uh, they, get knocked they, out <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of a lot of good stuff and Jerry did a great job and and you did a great job and and your whole family was it was a family affair basically oh yeah and, yeah and 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 you know mobile misses that and and i but you know the the <clears throat> fight, it was it was something that it would be hard to do that in today's world because they didn't come up and and you know we can go back to to way back when with Darnell Smith we were talking the other night with uh Guy Sumlin and Darnell Smith and how much they contributed to boxing oh yeah they had that Crichton Optimus club you know I was one of the first ones that actually joined that thing in 67 or somewhere up in there, but I loved it. And we got Guy and uh, – it was Guy and Ted Mosley and Darnell started that club. And, man, he had they had like 50 fighters from Crichton over there. Good fighters, good amateur fighters. Wow, <clears throat> that's good stuff. And, you know, it, it was – you know, I love reading about it, you know, going back in the, to, to, to doing research on that kind of stuff and – it's just without a local newspaper, you don't have the writers to go out there and and and, and get all this stuff. No, you, you know? don't. But but you know we've talked about a little bit about the the Mobile Hall of Fame. We won't say much about all that tonight because it's it's whatever it is. It is what it is, I guess, Jack. But but me and you've talked about uh, some of the great athletes over the years, <clears> and, <throat> and you're from a different generation, basically, and you have all that knowledge and experience with these older guys that that I don't really know a whole lot about you know but that's why your input on that kind of thing is is, is helpful and just putting names out there and, and and remembering and recognizing these great athletes not putting them in position or order even though i've got a group of them i want to announce tonight and it's not as an award and i'm not leaving trying to leave anybody out but i'm just trying to recognize these guys and what they've done and i'm, I'm gonna give you some of the ones that that, that i've come up with and a lot of them you'll remember. Of course, you remember all of them. But um, going back to, uh, I call it, I call it, and, and here's here's a list of, of, that's probably 80 right there. Yeah. But I narrowed it down, and there's more than out there. And that if we can get start recognizing some of them verbally, then we can get other people to kind of make nominations or whatever. And it's just kind of a start to recognize people on this show. You know, I know it's a baseball show, but this is <clears throat> this is kind of sportsy, you know, so. But um, and it it it's it's these guys are Hall of Fame potential. If there's a Mobile Hall of Fame, they they're they're potential. Yeah, you and I had talked about it. I like the ones that 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 had that done three sports, and you can't say it because a guy made it say the NBA, but he didn't play anything else. So you know, how could you rate him over three guys that played three sports and made it to the show in one of them? Right. Anyway, we and, we well, discussed well, there's, yeah. there's 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 criteria that and but then again when you get to the to the best 
that's when the cream will rise to the crop, I believe. You know, and exactly. And, and yes. you know, but but I'll mention some of these. I'll start off with, and I call this just as a title, and y'all know how I write and, and make reports and stuff. This is called the Batter's Box Top Twenty, and like again, it's it's listed in twenty, but it's just it's not one through twenty. It's uh, and and I'm going to start with Cleon Jones, and Cleon uh, uh, just. Mobile County training, uh, football, uh, baseball. Uh, I think he just had a birthday just last week. Yeah, he played all three sports. Um, He's he told was, me he that. He's great. Yeah. Cleon's been great for Mobile. Uh, Kenny Stabler, and uh, a lot of people don't realize Kenny was drafted. What's it, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love Kenny. Kenny's Kenny my buddy. Even though he's from Foley, we claim him. He's us. You know, He was drafted in baseball three times. and. Well, Melvin Brunson was too. Well, and and just an incredible football player, and Tommy Agee, another one. He's he's him and Cleon are like two peas in a pod. Ended up playing with sixty nine Mets. Just wonderful, unbelievable baseball players and football players. They could have probably made it in either sport. Uh, Amos Otis was another one. I, 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 the things he did for the New York Mets and then Kansas. He City. never played minor league ball. Do you know that? I didn't. No, I didn't. They brought him right up. And we'll go to the next one, uh, Richard Todd. Richard Todd, uh, come on, what a great athlete. And, and he's a good track and field athlete yeah. and basketball player, too, yeah. out of Davidson. Uh, Mike Fuller out of Shaw. He was a good baseball player, uh, but outstanding football player. I mean, you know, I, do, you know, I graduated with his brother. Did you? That's so running nine seven hundred. <laughs> now I didn't know about. I knew about Mike and Terry. I didn't know about Donnie. Donnie, okay. They lived over there off of. We uh, had three. three Road we had three Mobile. boys. Wow. We had we had Donnie Fuller, Hannon Fayard, and Greg and Jeff Stokes. They all wow. were nine eights, nine nines, nine sevens. In nineteen sixty five. That's moving on. I mean, you know, you're here to tell that that. Athletes were great athletes back then, even though they're they're bigger, stronger, faster in today's world. But back then, it was a lot of a lot of blood and guts. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's true. <laughs> but anyway, uh, m- next one on the list: Milt Bowling. We mentioned Milt earlier. Great basketball player, played over at Spring Hill College, and him and Frank came up Sandlot. A lot of players back then, like you mentioned from the early going, you learned to play Sandlot. That's how you learn to play baseball. That's how the old timers learn to play. Even Hank Aaron and and the rest of them. Uh, then we go to the next Dave Stapleton. Yeah. Dave Stapleton was a great athlete over in Robertsdale. Played really good basketball player. Made it with the Red Sox. Did good things. Jimbo Mason. Uh, he was from that Murphy bunch. You know, little little younger than you, I believe. But two years. Is that right? Yeah. In fact, I I was coaching Rebel Bay Roof when he was playing at. Uh, international paper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of those. Uh, there was uh, there was Andy Merchant in that bunch. There yeah. was probably 20, 20 Babe Ruth teams back then. Yeah. I mean, leagues, leagues. I say teams. I meant leagues uh, around Mobile and oh, the yeah. surrounding area. And and, and this is going to be an, a modern day one. And this is surprising. AJ McCarron. Oh yeah. AJ McCarron was an excellent baseball player. Played shortstop and pitched and. And I admire him for what he's doing in football. He had a great season in that, in that XFL, you know, bouncing back. And he's a good athlete for the national championships at Alabama and then going on to the NFL. And uh, another one out of St. Paul's, Destin Hood. And I think Destin did make it to the major leagues. And 
he could have went and played at Alabama for football and another another modern day player. Uh, Bubba Thompson, yeah, uh, helped McGill to the 2007 football state championship, uh, 7A. Chose baseball over football. Uh, Julio yeah, J- Jackson has talked to uh, Bubba quite a bit. Have you? Have we, you? we met him. Uh, it's kind two, of two years story. ago. We met him two years ago. We were just, you know, he like he likes to ride around the Sims area, just doing his daily rounds. And there's one we haven't. There's usually during the off season at the baseball park. There's usually not a lot of people that goes and hits. There used to be kids all the time, and they're hitting in the cages. Well, he was hitting by himself off of a tee, and he goes and up starts talking to him. And he, we had no clue who he was because I hate keep up with him. I I did, but I wasn't with him at the time, and. It turns out he was the first round draft pick, and we came home and looked him up, and we was like, "Wow!" And he's he was trying to get away because he had just came home from spring, uh, or it was an off season. They didn't make the playoffs, or the Rangers didn't make the playoffs, so he was coming home, and he didn't want to go over there. His area, I guess, his area was McGill, and uh, over there like Mims Park and all that over there. So I guess he didn't want to go hit over there, so he coming over there to hit. To but he just, li- he just lived down the street. He lived yeah. right there on Ward's Lane. Yeah, okay, lived, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah he lived next door to um my ne- my son. Okay. Bubba's back in AAA right now, but, you know, Texas has got a great team this year. And I, I, Bubba's the type, when he went when he got called up last year, he played in 60 games and did real well. And his day's coming. I mean, his day's coming. I was hoping he'd be everyday player today. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize he got called back down to AAA. I yeah, he, he got moved down at the beginning of June. And uh, but he's he's he'll be back. You know that that happens. You know that happens a lot, especially when the team's playing good and Texas is playing lights out. I actually uh, told him earlier this morning that I better that he was going to get traded at the end of this year. That was just my prediction that they were going to trade him because they they renewed his contract to a one year contract. When they renewed it, they they gave him a one. They, he signed a one year contract this year. So my guess is he's going to get traded. I the, love having having. Uh, uh, Athletes like Jackson on, uh, younger athletes. I learn so much when they come down here, Jack, you know, because I, I try to keep up with things, but they bring new stuff to the table. I, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that information. I like that. And I agree with you. I, I hope that whatever is good for Bubba is good for us in Mobile, you yeah, know. I, and and uh, Texas is going to be around forever. So, <laughs> I, yeah. but, um, and then we go back. Here's another one. Great basketball players as well as football player Julio Jones from over in uh, oh. Foley. Uh, very deserving. Uh, and here, here we go. Some old timer hit home with you, Jack Price Thomas. Ooh. You know, Price was uh, just. He's a three sports star man. There you go. Here's another one that people talk about that, that a lot of them probably never knew him. I never actually knew him, but he called me last year and because and, and, I put some stuff on Facebook and was. And he was very. It's really cool to talk to him for about fifteen minutes. That's L.C. Tweedy Bird Connor, at <laughs> a at a Shaw High School, and he, he Mobile, was Mobile Terrace <laughs> Flash. He's got a story about him. He, he'll <laughs> still he'll still put some out, brother. Has forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, L.C. Here's here's another one. Uh, out of Davidson High School, Wade Boyette. Yeah, Wade was a good one. Yeah, he was. What did Wade throw about 98? He, he, he was a big guy, too, wasn't he? Yeah. And we're supposed to be meeting up with Wade at the end of July, so old-timers out there, I, I want y'all to, to think about getting up with Wade Boyette. We'll meet at an establishment somewhere here in town, and we're going to try to get Jack Tillman out there and uh, Terry Curtis and 
Jimbo Mason and anybody else that we can get out there. Andy Merchant, whoever come out there and, and, and Terry, be involved. Terry, Terry played on the Babe Ruth All-Star with me in uh, our first practice. He was going to throw back in practice, so he was loosening up. <clears throat> And I walked out behind the mound. Of course, his daddy was a good friend of mine, but Terry kind of quiet, you know. And so he threw that big overhanded call, and it had overhanded curve, and it was a good one. And uh, I said, "That's a good curve you got, Terry." I said, "I know somebody's got one better than you." He goes, "Who?" I said, "Me." <laughs> <laughs> he ain't never forgot that. Yeah. Hey, he he he's had an outstanding coaching career eight state championships ships at uh ums you know spent some time out there at shaw i love that he was a coach at shaw my alma mater but i got four more players on this 20 <laughs> list and they're pretty interesting too uh patrick white out yeah, of fairhope no what a player i mean what a player uh here's another one jocko potts oh out of he's Murphy. a three three sports star yeah. and he's the one to hit the home run off from me put it in put it in the, his Mobile Bay Monthly. Mobile Bay He's done wonders he, with the Mobile Bay Monthly. And he said Monthly. something else about me, and I can't remember. So I, I called just cutting up with him. I said, I'm going to come over and drag you out of that building. Oh, no, Jack, don't do that. <laughs> I said, that home run you hit off me was 300 feet. <laughs> <laughs> he was all SEC at Mississippi State. You yeah, know, he so was. He, he was a he, great player. He was. And he, the Mobile Bay Monthly is a professional magazine that's been around forever, and he does great things for the community. He it has does, for years. Yeah. And this is another one's interesting, very interesting. But hey, uh, like I tell you, the 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 criteria is different on this. But but listen to this one, Jeff Arnold. Oh, yeah. How you like that one? I, mean, I so play softball with him. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Jeff, I'm not. I'm gonna hit a hit it in the gap and get a double, <laughs> and you hit it over and just walk around the bases. Hey, you know he played at IMS and he was. All world out there played at Isaiah Road, and he was so much bigger than everybody. Yeah, he'd be. great basketball player, and he played with with Bel Air Cleaners for years and years softball, and you know he could ton it a mile, and um, and and he played with some really good athletes on those teams. Did he play? Did he play football too? I couldn't remember. If I'm he did. not sure. I would have had yeah. him at tight end for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, been, six um, foot six. But you know that that team with Bel Air Cleaners, you had Henry Johnson, who yeah. bless us, already passed away. I love Henry. That. And you had, well, you know, I was raised but, with all yeah, of them. Yeah, Johnson, Buster and, Seals yeah. played with yeah, them. Buster, I was raised with Buster. And um, uh, what's the guy's name from? Uh, oh God, I can't remember his name. Uh, but Billy Shields played with him. He was a pitcher. Uh, Gatwood. Yeah, Gatwood. Uh, Connor Gatwood's grandfather. He was. Uh, he was a. You talking a, about? You talking about Donald? Yeah, Don Gatwood was. Well, a Donald pitcher. caught me in JV. Did he? He really? played on my baby, my Connie Mack team. I mean, mm-hmm. my. Uh, Dixie used uh, what is it? Dixie, not Dixie Seniors, Colt League. Okay, played on yeah. the Colt League team. They had that a bunch of leagues: uh, Pony Colt and Babe Ruth and Donald Gatwood scored twelve touchdowns his freshman year at Sims. Wow, with, with us, yeah, that's good stuff. And the last one that we're going to mention tonight is Jack Tillman. Oh, everybody, Lord. Jack Tillman. I didn't Jack pay Tillman him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. But you you know Jack you, when you when you when you have a good a career in baseball like you did it in high school and then that opportunity at South in their inaugural program or their second year 64 65 I mean that's historic and then and then to go on and and do things for the community and then do, go, go as far as you did in professional boxing that that has criteria you know and and that has uh, that has weight and gold and and you know that's those are again, listeners. You're with Jack Tillman and Jackson Tillman and Joey Warner on the Batters Box, and we just just gave you several names 
of just just a handful of the great athletes that come out of Mobile that that need recognition. If we can get get that for them and the Mobile Hall of Fame, Sports Hall of Fame, whatever, even a Mobile Baseball Hall of Fame, anything. But but we have to have people that are willing to get behind that. Some funding, you know, people that have deep pockets, dig in them and get up with you know Peter Albrecht. I think is still the president of the of the Mobile Sports Hall of Fame, but. We need to get involved in that, people. If you if you've got funds that can help out with doing things to recognize our athletes, but and Jack, you you over the years you you've served on committees and boards and oh yeah, there's been a some lot great, of them. there's been some great people that come come through that that Mobile Sports Hall of Fame committee and board membership, but 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 anyway, uh, with, with 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 these other stuff that we're talking about, we we've, we've talked about a lot of good things, but let's let's go back to Jackson for a minute and. And and go back to your high school career and and tell me tell me how you feel about how involved your grandfather is in in your sports. Oh, it's it's hilarious actually. I'll be we've been uh, doing summer workouts for uh, high school for the uh, MGM team already this summer, and he he's just so well known around there. He just walk in any locker room or whatever and just walk in there and carry on a conversation with any coach or whoever it is. He'll just walk, walk in, walk on in there. And he's always just done that. Just if anything I've done, he'll just come right on in there and just know everybody. And it's just right there. <laughs> hey, they don't like it. Really. <laughs> My wife says I talk too much. <laughs> well, no, that, they, no, wait, I mean, you know, we, we've, we've only been here about 15 minutes tonight, but, but anyway, what about your grandmother? I mean, I know that your grandmother, Miss Debbie, she's, she's all involved in you too. And they're oh, so yeah. proud of you. She, she's the camera lady. She, oh, she always yeah. pulls out the camera. <laughs> <laughs> she's following that granddaughter that plays tennis and sings. <laughs> there you go. Well, the, the, you, you're living the dream with, with, it's keeping you young, Jack. It's keeping Miss Debbie young too. And and I've got four grandchildren. It's 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 the blessing of my life too. And and it's not five dollars anymore. It's twenty dollars. <laughs> he wanted to go bowling, so I gave him five dollars. And he go, what what is that? <laughs> uh, he's the one he'll give you um twenty dollars. He'll give you twenty a twenty dollar bill to go to the fair, and he'll tell you, give me my change back. I was like, twenty dollars <laughs> didn't get you to the fair today. <laughs> Well, it's it's been a. There's so much we can talk about. Believe it or not, we've been going for 90 minutes, and and it's it's a lot of fun. And, and I and, and I and I appreciate Nick Wiggins, my my producer back there, for hanging with us. He, he's he's the best. You know, Michael Bronner does a great job down here. Corey Labani. Um, how can we leave out Lee Shavani and more time? I mean, you know, the NSP group. <laughs> it's a it's it's a good thing, man. And. Um, but and thank thank you for having Jackson and myself on. I really enjoyed it. It's yeah. been good, yeah. and and we we got into a little boxing. But hey, it's the batter's box, and yeah. and you know, uh, talking with you, Jackson, getting middle schoolers in here, turn your 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 young man that's it's going places, and yeah, sure. and everybody remember the name Jackson Tillman. We've got Jack Tillman, but remember the name Jackson Tillman, and and it's just been a, an, an outstanding time to to you know, talk to y'all tonight and with that said everybody jack jackson we're gonna round it up here and we're gonna sign out of the batter's box with joey warner jackson tillman and jack tillman thank you we're signing out